everyone. I'm Florence Bremer. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find balance between work and life. I don't have a magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying work and time off. As a lawyer, it feels I'm never entirely off the clock. I never step away from thinking about my cases and my clients, and it seeps into my life all the time, but I do my best to enjoy my life. Please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in the law. Lots to talk about today. I've had a few different things on my mind, and one thing I wanted to talk about was dealing with change, and another thing I wanted to talk about was cutting hours and cutting time away from screens. So um, the issue of change has come up for me because something that I've done for several years is going away for me. My trainer who I've worked with for, I'm going on my fourth year, and and how it worked is I'd go to see her two times a week, sometimes three times a week if she had makeup classes, for an hour each evening, and she would just tell me what to do, Um, tell me what weights to lift at what, um, at what weight to lift, uh, what exercises to do, and I never had to think about it. And then on weekends, I would do my walk, and I've really, really recently added going back to yoga into it because I've been experiencing um, some back health. <laughs> I stopped yoga when I was getting horrible back spasms, and it seems stronger now, not entirely pain-free, unfortunately, but definitely where I can do the moves. I don't have the flexibility I did when I was younger, but it feels good to get out there and do it. So I felt like I had a good exercise plan. And a couple weeks ago on Friday, November 8th, I got a text and it was from my trainer that said, hey, I'm closing down my gym. Thank you for everything. And it just wasn't to me. It was for all of her clients. Thank you for everything. And, um, um, I'm moving on in a in a different chapter of my life. And she's going to be focusing on doing um, her life coaching business rather than the physical coaching. And um, I have to admit, at first, I was really, really bummed. Like for hours, I just thought, what do I do? Now I have to either get a new trainer or or, or find something else to, to fill this in. So... It got me thinking about change. And not only was that one of the changes, um, another change came up. I've, I've kind of had the same routine for a couple of years now in terms of um, what, my, um, what my spiritual life looks like and what my um, physical activity life has, worked, has looked like. And... On the spiritual side of it, I go to a Bible study group, and it doesn't look like it's going away, but there might be some substantial changes to it based on the 
the hosting family who who takes care of it. So all of this news came within a week, and I was bummed. And initially I was, you kind of go into denial, like, oh, it'll be fine. Um, It's really not happening, like when you have that kind of feeling. Oh, she's, uh, my trainer's uh, cutting down, um, is uh, closing down her gym at the end of, uh, November, like right before Thanksgiving. So on the 8th, that felt fairly far away where I was thinking, I don't know that, you know, I need to worry about this. You know, you kind of go into that denial a little bit. But then after a couple hours, I thought, I really have to think about it. And I've been thinking about it and processing it. And it made me think about any sort of change that you go through. So the first thing I thought was, what's the really the worst that can happen to me? Like nothing terrible is happening to me. I won't be able to see the group that I work out with like I did. You know, hopefully we'll stay in touch, but it won't be the same. And that's sad. It's sad when you, you know, lose kind of that routine that you have with with uh, friends. And I'm losing that routine of the, the exercise routine. So on the worst that can happen, I might lose muscle tone, which I've, it, it has taken me years to get where I am. And if anybody knows me, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm buff or anything like that, but I was very weak and now I can lift weights that are kind of heavy. And so it's made me feel proud. It's made me stand taller. It's helped with back spasms and it's been a really good thing to me for me. So that was a worry for me. Like, how am I going to keep this up? But when you, the next step, when you think about, can I control this? Well, I can't control that my trainer's closing down her gym. That's her choice and that's going to happen. But what can I control? And I can control lots. I mean, in the last four years that I've been working out with her, I feel like I have learned a thing or two. A thing that has always been a real positive for me in the workouts is that I don't know what she's going to have us do that that day. I know kind of like I know that we do certain body parts on certain days, but she always mixes it up like really, really mixes it up. And that's really nice when you don't have to think about it. But I think that if I'm on my own, I can kind of figure it out. So I have a couple options for gyms. So um, I have my community center, which is just part of where I live. And then there's two gyms that are nearby that I may check out and see if I would enjoy going to those more. So I also thought about it in um, terms of celebrating the positives. So one of the very negative things for me, probably the only negative thing, frankly, regarding doing the training was that every day when I head to it, most days, I mean, sometimes it'll come at the end of a day where my day is kind of light. But since, um, oh gosh, since October, particularly, when I get ready for training, it's always a a rush. And I I train in the evening, it was five o'clock for a long time. And a few months ago, it got changed to 530. And that made it easier for me. But it's always situations where if I had an afternoon court hearing, I was running and stressed to get to get there. 
And, um, or if I was just working in the office, I had to, you know, draw that line in the sand and make sure I got there, which also is a good thing too. You have to be able to quit at some point. You just can't work all the time. But that was always a negative for it is that I was constantly rushing also because it was two evenings a week. So, um, Friday evening is kind of its own thing. That's the weekend. But out of the four weekdays, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, two to three three days a week, I was going to training. So it's always during dinner time. So it's like, you know, my daughter's been home for about an hour and a half. When she was in volleyball, she was just kind of getting home at the time I was going to going to training. And my husband would, you know, I hadn't seen my husband all day and, and I'm running out the door to go to training. And then I'd get home and, you know, it'd be 6.30. And I I know for me, I, I'm, I just don't stay up that late. It seems like in the last several weeks, I've had a harder time getting to bed as early as I like. Um, and I've been more going to sleep in the 10 to 11 range, which for me is way too late. I should really be laying down in the nine to 10 range. And that gives me about eight to eight and a half hours of sleep. If I don't have a particularly early morning, like if I have 8am court, and I have to get up at five, I need to make sure that I'm laying down earlier, like somewhere maybe in the eight to nine range. And if you're getting home at 630, doing dinner, throwing in a load of laundry, you're not getting to bed in that time. Plus, you're like amped up. So I thought, okay, this is a positive for me to celebrate. I can take my workouts and I can scatter them around because I'm doing it on my own time. I can maybe do one in the morning during the week. I've kind of committed myself to three 30-minute weight training sessions. Um, and I can maybe do it first thing in the morning if I like. Maybe I can do a midday if I don't have um, things scheduled in the afternoon or maybe in the the later evening if I really needed to because the community center is open from 5 a.m. to I think 9 or 10. So it gives me a wide range of times to be able to find three time slots of 30 minutes each during the week. So I thought, hey, this is a positive. It can make me more flexible to everybody. And I the other thing you can do when you're dealing with change is you can seek support. And so I just kind of told everyone, like threw it out there to my family. And my husband said, I'll, you know, come up with things to help you in terms of um, exercises and and my daughter Lily said she would go to the gym with me and I thought okay like this is something where I can do this with other people as well because again it's more flexible so that was just something that I had on my mind um, going forward to tell you a little bit about my last week which I usually like to do in, in the podcast it was a very very busy week it was Veterans Day on Monday the 11th, which is a federal holiday, and I didn't have court, which was nice, but it was a holiday that 
I was realizing lots of people were at work. So I went to the office early with the goal of, my goal was to work a few hours, get out of there early, and go see a movie. And it was going to be my only night where I didn't have like a packed night because Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday I had training. Wednesday night I also had my church group and Friday night I had a charity event. So um, Monday night was really it in terms of relaxing. So I was trying to take advantage of it. So I went to work, worked like six hours. It was longer than I wanted to work. I noticed that in my office complex it was Definitely a day where people were working. It did seem like they cut out a little bit earlier. A lot of people, maybe because their kids were home, but people were there pretty much the whole day. So I worked a few hours, ran home, said to my husband and youngest daughter, I said, Do you guys want to go see Dr. Sleep at four o'clock? And so they were up for it. We ran out the door and, um, and saw it and it was great because the movie was very uncrowded there was only about eight people in it and I'll do a review of Dr. Sleep before I sign off for the night so then on um, Tuesday and Tuesday and Thursday were days of complete meetings like just tons of meetings from like the time I got there until the time I left, there was some telephonic court hearings on that day. Wednesday, I had to ha do a meeting in Phoenix. And then on Friday, the day I had my charity event, I had court from 10 in the morning till about 4 p.m. I had a morning hearing and an afternoon hearing. And it always seems to me like if I have a Friday event, that'll be the day that I have a late Friday hearing. It doesn't come up all the time, although lately it seems like I've had a ton of court on Friday, which as listeners of my podcast know, it's a total bummer for me. So on Friday, I ran home, got an address, and went to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation um, annual event for Arizona. It was a great event. It was so much fun. The gym blossoms from the 90s did an acoustic set it's a really really good event and, and a worthy charity and it's one of those things too where you have things happen in a clump or you know when people say things happen in threes I literally had three charity events in the last I would say two weeks is it so the week before I had a charity event um, for a, a charity called COPA, which helps developmentally delayed adults, young adults. And then the weekend before, I went to L.A. for a cancer benefit. So just like a crazy amount of things all packed into a short period of time. I'll give you one of my tips for, that I did on Friday. So I was exhausted. You know, I when I got back to Anthem and had to change... Um, and, and the charity event, of course, wasn't near where I live. It was an hour back in the other direction where I just came from. But I had to go back because, number one, I was going with my sister-in-law, so we were going together. And two, I mean, what can you do? Pack, a, pack your gown and your shoes and your makeup and get ready? It just wasn't feasible either way. 
So I went and got ready and I told her, I said, I'm tired. I don't know about you. I said, I'm not driving. I'm going to call us a lift. And um, we took a lift both there and back. And it really was one of the best decisions I have made um, for the week. Not in my life. I was going to get over dramatic, but for the week, it really was a great decision. So I encourage people, like if you're tired and you have some sort of event or a dinner, think about calling a Lyft or an Uber. It really is so convenient. And um, we didn't have to worry about parking. The parking at this place is always a little bit of a pain. And just had a car drop us off at the door and then pick us up at the door. It was a delight. So my weekend was great and also got me thinking about the topic that I want to talk about today in terms of cutting down hours and cutting down time away from screens. These are aspirations that I have, nothing that I have really put into practice right now, but some tips that I've been assembling and thinking about. So on um, Saturday, I did my walk, I did yoga, I watched my grandchild most of the day, went to church, I thought I'd be able to catch a movie in the evening, and just kind of ran out of time. And um, then my sister-in-law came over and we ended up talking later. And um, Sunday is the day I like to sleep in, so I slept in to the whopping time of 6.45. But I like that too because I like to have Sunday morning to spend some time on the couch and just put on a pot of coffee and um, sit with my books and my magazines and just kind of think. And, and what I've also been doing in the last few weeks is I've needed to work on Sunday. I've had so much work that I just can't get done during the week. So I'll alternate between doing some reading and then I'll work on things. Like I had an operating agreement to to write and I was really, really behind on my emails because I wasn't able to check them all day Friday. So I took care of that on Sunday morning. And then, you I don't know if you ever have this where you just kind of have a just sort of an a nice unfolding of the day. And what happened was my daughters had said, and my daughters and my niece said they wanted to come over and just have coffee and breakfast on Sunday morning. And I was like, sure, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything on Sunday. And um, it would be nice to see everybody. So they brought a box of donuts. I made pancakes. I had some vegan breakfast sausages, which are good. I know it probably sounds not good, but they're good. And some vegan bacon. And we just had this nice breakfast. And my brother and my nephew also came over. And we just were having coffee and laughing. And it was very laid back, just eating off of paper plates and having a nice time. And after everyone left, everyone left kind of early because everyone sort of had stuff to do. Like my brother watches football and my niece had something going on and my daughter had to go home for a while. Both daughters had to go home. My other, my oldest daughter had plans with her boyfriend's family. Like everybody had like stuff to do. So um, they left and after everyone left, my husband said, we should do that every Sunday. Like it was easy, you know, like you could make it easy. Like you could 
get fruit and chop it up and have coffee. I put out some juice, you know, I had some apple juice and some orange juice. I put out the juices if anyone wanted juice. It was very, very easy and not really work intensive. So then everyone left. I went back to the couch, alternated between working and reading. Um, we were, my husband and I were streaming some movies on Netflix, not really watching them, you know, kind of doing our own thing and talking. I napped for a little bit. I had not taken a nap in forever. So it was nice to take like an hour nap. It really refreshed me. And then when I woke up, my um, daughter with the baby called. She brought him back. We took him to the park. It was the first time he'd ever been on a swing. He looked so cute. And then uh, she left. I made dinner. And now I'm here doing my podcast, which brings me back to what I say every time I'm doing a podcast on Sunday evening, which is, where did the weekend go? I really don't know how people are able to get away for the weekend, like on a consistent basis. I need to better find a way to manage my time on the weekends. And I'll talk about that in another podcast. But what I wanted to talk about today was some things that have been on my mind. Because I've been working so many hours, and because I have been so glued to my laptop, my computer at work, my phone, um, you know, sometimes I'm at the office and not everyone has my cell phone number because it's easier to reach me at the office, obviously, and then there's more people answering the phone, but lots of people do have my cell phone number. And um, so for my cell phone, um, sometimes I'll be sitting at my desk and my cell phone is ringing, I'm on a phone call on my office phone and the office phone, other lines are ringing and I'm just like, it's too much. It's just too much. So I've been thinking about how can you cut this back? So as I'm thinking about this, a, a story pops up on my cell phone, which was from CNN. And it said, Microsoft tried a four-day work week in Japan. Productivity jumped 40%. This is something that I talked about at some length, I think in a podcast last year, which was, why can't we work a four-day week? If it was a standard thing where people were, most people were off three days a week, and for people in offices, I think that would mostly be like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. For people who are working in service, um, it might be different, like if you're a, a fireman or I actually firemen, I think kind of do this, but they work whole 24 hour shifts, um, and then have a few days off. But if everyone could have three days off a week, like how much better would our productivity and our lifestyle be in in so many different ways? I think of like all the time that I have these errands that I need to do that can't get done because I just don't have time. So like this weekend, on the weekend, I usually do my grocery order, which most of the time I do online now. I just sort of didn't have time for it. So I had to cut out getting groceries. And I also cut out my library visit, which is a 20 minute visit, because I just had so much going on during the weekend. If I had an extra day, could totally get that done. 
I try to build that in myself as much as I can. And lately, it's it's really been impossible. It just seems like the schedule is going crazy. I don't know if it's like some sort of push right before the holidays. I don't feel it's because I'm having payback for um, not working as much during the month of September when I took my semi-sabbatical, which by the way, now that a month and a half has gone by since I've been back, I can say with quite, with a quite a bit of certainty that I will do that again. Like after the initial sort of like shock to my system of, of coming back, um, Again, I thought, hey, this shouldn't be such a shock to my system because my toe was always in the water the entire time I was gone. I was always working and there were several days that I was in the office and several days that I was back going to court. But again, I had four trips. So in I had f- five trips during a six-week period. So there really was times where I was just, you know, completely gone, completely unreachable. I will do that again. It was Um, really something that I can feel now reset me and and gave me some just gave me like a I think a skip in my step and just made me feel a little bit better now that it's been a month and a half I've implemented some new marketing techniques I've reached out to people that I um use for referrals, um, who we give other attorneys that we give referrals to each other and have started scheduling um, meetings with them so we can touch base and see what the other is doing and how I can refer more business to them and how um, hopefully I can get some business as well, which is crazy. It's like crazy to talk that way because I think, how could I even handle any more business? But it's the nature of the game when you have your own firm you just sort of can't rest on your laurels you have to you have to keep working you have to keep marketing otherwise one day you'll look up and you won't have any business coming in the door so it really really did work as a as a reset and I will do that again and I'm thinking maybe next August or September it helps the summer in Arizona go quicker for sure because those 90 days from July to September are gosh awful and if I can make it go quicker by being out of town and being someplace a little bit cooler that definitely is a plus okay so back to the four-day work week whatever you can do try to to work it into your to your own life I know a lot of us are working for people and that's not an option. But if, you know, maybe it's time to start proposing to our employers, could I work um, four nine-hour shifts or four 10-hour shifts or even just a half day on Friday, um, I think makes a difference. I feel like a lot of businesses in Arizona are very big on the half days on Friday. I do feel at my at, at my office complex with many businesses, it clears out on Friday afternoon. And I like it to do that myself, um, but it doesn't always happen and definitely didn't happen this last week. 
Another thing is, um, I read a, just a little blip in Family Circle Magazine, which, by the way, has some of like the greatest tips ever. The You can usually get a subscription for like $5 a year. And it has great recipes and organization tips and shows you decorating ideas. But then it also has, has health news as well. So it states that um, not only is a 50-hour work week exhausting, but it's a risk to your health. People who work 10 hours a day at least 50 days a year had a 29% greater risk of stroke than those who worked less. That's crazy. These longer hours aren't helping us. Um, so do what you can to cut it down. One thing that I do is just a little tip. I'm very big on setting timers and I have an Apple watch and I set timers on it all the time. Like today I was working on an operating agreement and I set a timer for 30 minutes. So I worked for 30 minutes. Then I took a break, came back and worked for another 30 minutes. I set timers at work when I need to be undisturbed for a period of time. I'll set a timer at work where I'll just concentrate on returning telephone calls during 15 minutes or 30 minutes to like knock as many out as I can before I have to concentrate on something else. Okay. The other thing, and it, this is kind of related to it in terms of cutting down your hours. It's also cutting down your screen time. I am hearing this from so many different formats of how people in all sorts of businesses are finding that being glued to their phone, it's it's usually the phone. You know, that when you talk about the screen time, most are talking about the phone. In my mind, I think we throw it all in there, which is um, televisions, laptops, tablets. And I read, um, I started reading a book this week. It was a book that um, was just at the, at the library on the new releases. And it sounded very interested to me, interesting to me. It was called 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week by Tiffany Schlain. So she, what she has done for many years at this point is she takes a 24-hour Sabbath from, from her phone. And she is hardcore about it. She will turn off her cell phone from Friday evening and keep it off until Sunday evening. Um, I think she watches TV. That's the impression that I'm getting from the book. But it's really the iPhone. And if she needs something, she'll plan the 24 hours. So like say, for example, she's going somewhere and she needs directions. She'll have them printed out. Um, she'll carry a, um, a written shopping list if she needs to go shopping. And she says it has increased her clarity, relaxation, productivity so much. 
So I started throwing this around in my mind, like, could I do this? I'm not committed to it yet <laughs> because um, I, I feel like maybe there's just too much going on. I, you know, I have my two adult daughters who I will hear from um, during the weekend to get together if they, if, so I was kind of picturing them. I was like, well, what if I didn't have my phone on? Um, I suppose they could just come over and see if I was there. Um, the woman who wrote the book, she has a landline, so people could call her on the landline. I do have a landline that's hooked up to a fax machine at my house, so I could answer it, <laughs> you know, tell people they could call me on that landline. Um, so I could see it being doable, but I, I just don't think I'm there yet. But I'm definitely, definitely interested in the idea. I know that there will be times where my phone just dies at some point. So I plug it in and I just keep it plugged in upstairs when I'm downstairs and aren't focused on it. And you can really see how much of your life you get back when you limit screen time. So I'm taking baby steps in this idea. Maybe at some point I'll do 24-hour um 24 hour of the of no phone but right now I'm just trying to intentionally unplug at different times I sort of was doing it subconsciously for a while because I was reading most of my books on a tablet for a long period of time and I've always loved the idea of the tablet I remember when I was um, younger I had this vision in my head of a device where you could place all your books on it and click a button and then read whichever book you wanted to. So that sounds like an e-reader, right? This was probably 15, 15 years before e-readers existed. Obviously, I couldn't build anything um, with any sort of technology, so I can't say, oh, I invented it. But I always, it was like on a wish list of a device that I would have liked to have. And then many years later, they did exist. And that's how I was reading books, because I will go back and forth between a couple of books at the same time. I don't read a lot of fiction, but if I'm reading a fiction book, I might go back and forth between a fiction book, a um, book on the law, a book on business management, a book on time management, um, a historical biography, a true crime thriller, like those are kind of my categories of reading. And I might read a couple books at the same time and I'll skip between them. Like I'll be reading fiction for a while and then I'll skip and I'll read about business for a while. And so a tablet is um, like a dream device for that sort of activity. But I was really missing just having a book in my hands. And that's when I started going to the library every weekend, checking out a pile of books. If I didn't, if I started reading one and didn't feel like finishing it, no stress, no worry, just return it. And I think that was part of my just subconsciously wanting to get away from screens and feel something real in my hand. Another thing I do is I changed my morning routine many years ago. What I used to do, and this is no joke, I would get up in the morning, immediately go to my email and start answering them. 
immediately. And then I would have to be checking um, the clock and figuring out when I needed to either be at the office or at court. There were so many times that I would just get caught up in emails or upset by emails. And then I would make myself run late, not on purpose, but I was so behind because I was doing something else. I would get in the shower too late and just be rushing, you know, putting my makeup on in the car, like stupid things like that. So I don't do my emails until I get to the office. And sometimes it's not super convenient because I might have court first thing. Well, that's fine. They're going to get answered later. And that's a, like a kind of a mini unplugging. And then if you're doing that, I've been very mindful on how this feels. Like today, I was sort of on and off with working. As people came and went, I would work for a little bit and then step away from it when they came. It feels wonderful to be away from work. And you have to have that break. Like you have to have that break. While um, I was thinking about these things this week, I get an email called Attorney at Work, and they send several articles a week about being a lawyer. Some of them are very specific to areas of law, but a lot of them are lifestyle, mindfulness, time management. And the article this week was taking a break from lawyer life. And it was, what do you do to get away from the pressure of being a lawyer? And the author of the article was talking about when she gets introduced to anyone, people say, she's a lawyer. And I could really identify with that. Like people don't and this is relatives, and this is anyone who knows me. And I'm proud of it. You know, like I, this is something I'm proud of. This is something I work for. But people will always say, for example, this is my cousin Florence. She's a lawyer. And then people will say, what area of law do you practice in? And you kind of go through the laundry list. Well, you can't always be in the mindset of being a lawyer, no matter what you are, It whether it's a lawyer a doctor, any profession, anything at all, your manager of a store, like I don't care what it is, you are not just that person. And so what do you do to get away from it? For me, um, one giant thing is, and I don't think this is super unusual, I can't say, oh, I'm the only person who ever thought of this, because <laughs> I think lots of people have this, is spending time with my family. And um, having my grandson around just has brought everyone closer. It's put a little skip in all of our steps, a little spring in our step. We're just happy to have him around. He brings so much joy to us. And um, second is just reading. And I will read about the law. Like, I love to read about oral arguments. I... Um, love to read about appellate advocacy. I know it sounds so nerdy, but I 
also love to read about many other things. And that's a big part of who I am. Travel is a giant part of who I am. Seeing movies is a giant part of who I am. And just doing things where I don't have on the lawyer hat makes me a better lawyer because then I can go back and have a fresh mind on Monday. I worked a ton of hours on Sunday and I worked late on Friday. I know this week is going to be rough for me because I didn't have that clean of a break. I had it on Saturday. I was able to not do any work on Saturday and that's um, something that I've been very cognizant of is making sure that there's one day a week where I'm not doing something law related and it's usually always Saturday. Um, but you have to take that break. Like it, it, you have to. It's so important. Okay. So thank you for listening um, to my topics today. I'm obviously very passionate about this right now. I'm living the issue with trying to manage the heavy workload and manage um, all the time that I'm in front of screens. And it's very important to me to talk about it and try to work it out. Before I sign off for the night, I wanted to do a quick review of the movie Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep is Stephen, it started out as Stephen King's book um, sequel to The Shining. So it came out a couple of years ago. I read it. It was pretty good. It tells you what happened to Danny Torrance when he grows up. So Danny is a little boy in The Shining. I feel that The Shining is kind of an anomaly to me because the book was very popular. I think the movie is a hundred times more popular. If you've never read the book, The Shining, please read it. It it is so good. It's probably in my top three favorite Stephen King books. Dr. Sleep was good. It really kept the spirit of his book, The Shining. The thing about the book and the movie of The Shining is there are vast differences. And because the movie is just its own cultural phenomenon with Jack Nicholson, I think especially, I think he's what made the movie. And um, that very, very creepy hotel, it just has its own um, reference in people's minds. So I was thinking when they were making the movie Dr. Sleep, I'm like, how can you separate the movie The Shining from the book The Shining and Stephen King famously hated the movie when it came out I don't know if he's if he's changed his tune since then my guess is it's probably grown on him somewhat and um, I'm sure it's made him so much more money than the book to sell the rights to this movie which just gets played over and over again and has been um out for 40 years and is still very, very popular. So I kind of wondered what they would do with the, with the movie of Dr. Sleep, because how can you separate the movie, The Shining from it and just follow Stephen King's book? Well, they did an excellent job of it. And they didn't try to 
just copy the book where they just did a screenplay from the book. They incorporated a ton of Stanley Kubrick's touches from the movie The Shining into the movie Dr. Sleep. There's a little bit, I don't want to give it away because I don't want to be too negative about it. Um, and it was a small complaint to a movie that I really liked was that I would have done so if it was me, I would have done something different towards the end of the movie at the end of the movie. I don't think I'm spoiling this because I think there's enough in the, in the preview to, um, tip you off on this is they go back to the Overlook Hotel as part of this journey that the adult Danny Torrance is on. So in the book, The Shining, the Overlook explodes and doesn't exist anymore. In the movie, it doesn't. So it still physically exists um, in, in, the, in this movie world of Dr. Sleep. Um, they do such a great job of just bringing you like little pieces of the movie and like I said there was something that I was a little disappointed in and it was like the tiniest bit jarring but beyond that like very very good movie if you love the movie The Shining I think you will really like this this movie and you don't need to read Dr. Sleep to get into it my um my husband famously doesn't enjoy going to movies very much. And I sort of dragged him to it because I was dying to see it. I was afraid that too many spoilers would come my way. So I'm like, I have to see this now. And it's a holiday. So let's go see it. So he had like a tiny bit of a negative attitude. And when we walked out, he said, he goes, I want to complain that I didn't like that movie because I wasn't, um, like thrilled to go to the movies, but he said, I love that movie. And my brother is a giant fan of The Shining as well. I mean, there's so many people that are giant fans of The Shining. And we were trying to explain the movie to him without spoiling any of these. Oh, there's tons of Easter eggs, like tons of Easter eggs. Here's one that doesn't spoil anything, but um, there's a room in a nursing home and the room number is 217. 217 is the actual hotel room in the book The Shining and Stanley Kubrick just weirdly changed it to 237 for some reason. I can figure out like why would someone change that but that's just sort of the like one of the things that you can tell that whoever put the screenplay together was a lover of The Shining, was a lover of the book Dr. Sleep, and was a lover of the movie, and, and combined all that pretty flawlessly. So I definitely recommend it. That's about the only thing new that I saw this week. Um, oh, I did see The Laundromat on Netflix, which is a new movie with Meryl Streep. It's a Netflix um, original it, it's sort of in the vein of The Big Short, which I loved. Like, I love the movie The Big Short. But The Laundromat was a little 
weird. I can't even explain it. I liked it. It was a shorter movie. The acting was great. They had these little vignettes that pulled you in, but they weren't as tied together as like, say, for example, like in Pulp Fiction, where like everything kind of wraps around and gets tied up together. Um, These all felt like more disjointed, although I think the movie was trying to tie them together more. But I think it's definitely worth a watch if you have Netflix and are looking for a new movie that's out there and um, you don't have to go to the movies and you don't have to go anywhere to see it at all. All right, I'll be back next um, weekend before Thanksgiving and I'll have some new tips for you in terms of time management and business management. I appreciate you listening to me. I have been getting so many nice comments from people telling me that they're listening. There's been more listeners every week. I really, really appreciate it. You can find me on SoundCloud and iTunes under Bonafide Legal Podcast. I think on iTunes, if you search Florence Legally Brunette, it comes up a little quicker that way. And you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on my personal Facebook page and my business Facebook page and my website at brummerlaw.com. Have a blessed week. Talk to you next week.